Welcome to the Unlocking Happiness Podcast. I'm Amy Dix, international best-selling author, speaker, and founder of Choose Happy. Collectively, our community builds a better world. I believe life is made up of moments. We have short moments, long moments, good moments, and bad moments. We make sure that all your life moments are filled with meaning and joy. Stick around to the end of the show. We'll reveal how you can be our next guest on the internet's happiest podcast. Now let's unlock happiness. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. (laughs) (laughs) So in your bio, like you say, like born and raised in Nebraska, right? So that to me sounds like such a proudful thing. Like if somebody's going to put it in their bio, they're probably pretty (laughs) proud of it. So tell us like where, so where in Nebraska? First of all, were you born? I was born in Omaha and I was raised in Omaha, but my grandparents farmed up in Northeast Nebraska, a little bitty town. Ah, gosh, I don't even think they were probably 5,000 people. And I know they aren't now called Wakefield. Um, If people who are listening have heard of Wayne State College, their farm (laughs) was about mm, seven miles east and seven miles south of Wayne, which is where Wayne State College is. So Um, I spent a lot of time in the summer on that farm. And I think that's what, you know, when I say Nebraska born and raised, and I think of being a Nebraskan, I always tell people I'm a farm kid. I'm a farm kid at heart because I spent so much time there. Mm. Um, You know, even though I was raised in the city and I definitely have my city side, don't get me wrong. Um, You know, I can, I can be city with the best of them, but I I am, I'm a farm kid at heart. And I think it's just that, um, I don't know, maybe the wholesomeness and the value of of farmers and and, you know I'm thinking like traditional farmers um, back in the 70s and 80s when I was raised and I spent time there Um, there was just it was that community um, the the support I remember you know they had a neighbor whose husband passed away and I I remember my grandpa and going with my grandpa to take care of her sheep and bottle feeding the lambs and um, working in her fields as much as my grandpa's fields and things like that. So that that's what I say when I'm Nebraska born and raised. I've got those values and that connection. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's amazing. And, you know, I was also born in Nebraska. I'm very proud <laughs> to be like a Nebraska girl. I yeah. don't know if I'll ever go back like to live, but, uh, you know, you never say never. So I'm not, I'm not going to say never. I will uh, take how I- sand over our white (laughs) mess is out here (laughs) yeah I do like my white sand over the white stuff on your ground right now but uh (laughs) but yeah there is something you used a couple words that I think were so good which was like wholesome I love that I feel that too um from growing up in Nebraska like people are very very wholesome and so nice and just like generous and it's so like second nature and I don't think I really realized that until I I got out, you know, yeah. and once I got out, I realized I'm like, man, I had, and I've talked about this in other interviews before, but I just had like an amazing upbringing, um, an amazing childhood. And a big piece of that is because I grew up in the Midwest and because I yeah. grew up in Nebraska. Yep. So um, you loved the farm. I did. I, I mean, it, it was, it was in my blood. And if I could have chosen to live with my grandparents 365 days a year, I would have done it. I would, I would have 
spent all that time. And maybe, I don't know, maybe I have sort of a rose colored glasses picture of it because I know that it's not glamorous always and that it's not fun always. But for me, um, and we talked a little bit about this in the beginning, you know, when you and I were chatting for me, hard work is glamorous, maybe overextending is that's what I am. That's what I do. And, you know, people are always like, oh my gosh, Jody, really? Two jobs and a business? Yeah. <laughs> so. Right. Well, you, yeah. I, I, th- oh, see, this makes me think this too. Like the whole hardworking aspect of the Midwest is, ju- it is second nature and yeah. it's just built into you. And especially, I didn't have the farm life. So I think a lot of people, when they hear Nebraska, uh, especially from my experience is that if I say I'm from Nebraska, like they think that I grew up on a farm (laughs) and I did not grow up on a farm. I grew up in Lincoln. So there's two, if you want to call them cities, there's two kind of cities in Nebraska. One is Lincoln and one is Omaha, but, uh, and so, you know, but the hard work piece of it, I don't, I, I do think that that comes a lot from farm life. And I have a lot of friends, uh, that, obviously you grew up on a farm or have ties to a farm. Uh, I dated a guy for several years who has a very successful farm. And so like, that is like life, like right. hashtag farm life is life. <laughs> so yeah. if you grow up on a farm or have that land, th- that is you. Right. And so yeah. there is no, like, I want to sleep in today or, Oh, it's Thanksgiving. So we're just going to take the day off. Like if it's harvest, it's harvest, you know? Exactly. Yeah. I love, I love that how it translated to hard work though, and how you just still have that because I think that that's a lot of where that comes from. Yeah, I would agree. And it also, you know, I I think I've already said this, but the wholesome piece of it, uh, people are just so generous all the time. And you talked about like feeding, was it your grandparents or your aunt's sheep? Um, the, their neighbors. Yeah. So their neighbors. Okay. Yeah. They weren't even your neighbors. They no, were, your... no, it was my grandparents' neighbors. And it, that's, that's just what they did. Like, and I mean, you still see that there was um, a, a tragic accident here outside of Lincoln just a few months ago. And all of the neighbors gathered around this man's wife and children and sold some of their own cattle mm-hmm. to support his wife and kids to keep them going with what he would have done had he not passed away in this accident. So you you see that all the time or somebody gets sick and the neighbors go and take care of each other and not just necessarily on the farm. You know, people, people in Lincoln do it too. You see it all the time. (laughs) It's Uh, very Midwest thing. Yeah. Yeah. With this snow, like two or three of the neighbors have snowblowers and everybody's out snowblowing everybody else's driveway. And it's like, well, can I pay you? No. Of course not. Of okay. course not. <laughs> right. And that's yeah. just how it, I think that that's just how it is. And so a lot of the listeners who grew up in the Midwest, you know, probably are shaking their heads like, yes, because they understand it. Yeah. But I, but I think like you don't truly, you might understand it, but you don't appreciate that it's second nature to you until you get out. Right. Or at least that was my experience. Once I got out, I was like, 
what do you mean? Like people don't wave at you when you walk by them. <laughs> like, yeah. what do you mean? Like you don't know your neighbors that well, or, you know, it was just, it was, it's, it's different. So yeah, I think that that, um, obviously has translated into a lot of your success and into your business. Um, but before we get to your business, you had a full-time job working in a pretty stressful environment I did. Um, prior to starting your company. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that. So my background is in human services. Um, I have worked for, gosh, almost 20 years now um, in human services fields. And so when I was trying to make a decision, um, moving from Omaha to Lincoln, um, my husband, who I was dating at the time, lives here in Lincoln. And it was like, well, he'd had a job, a really good job for a long time, and it didn't make any sense to move for him to move to Omaha. So of course I moved. <laughs> uh, so I started looking around and, um, one of the places that I applied, I actually applied through an agency. So I didn't know what it was. I just knew the job description fit what I wanted to do. And, um, I applied and, and the agency called me and they said, man, your resume really matches what they want. Um, but we have to tell you it's a funeral home. And I, I it probably wasn't 30 seconds, but it felt like a full 30 seconds of me going, okay, with dead people. And they said, well, you know, I mean, yes. <laughs> That's <laughs> what funeral homes do. <laughs> That's what funeral homes do. But this position was um, a community outreach type of public relations type of position. And I thought, fine, I can handle that. I'm really, I love PR. I'm really good at PR. I'm really good at community relations. I can totally handle that. What I didn't take into account was that, and people who know me that are listening to this are going to be like, whatever, Jody, you're not. I am a huge empath. Ah. Huge. Oh. Um, and, and I was being totally sarcastic there. The people who know me are going to be like, yeah, <laughs> right. Absolutely. I feel everything like the energy around me. I can walk into a room and I can tell you what every single person is feeling, not, not necessarily what they're dealing with, but what they're feeling that day. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't, and I, I mean, it's a work in progress and, and all empaths will tell you learning to put that shield around yourself. So you're not taking that on. I spent six years at the funeral home and I took on so much of that energy, mm. you know, even though I was out in the community and even though I was doing good things, I was, I was, um, my job was basically to make the funerals, funeral home and funeral directors, not scary and help people learn why you should plan ahead and all of those kind of things. But I was still around death all the time. And I just kept thinking, God, why am I, why am I getting into this murky black hole of why do I feel like this? You know, and not that the, I don't want anybody to think that, um, especially for the people who know where I came from. I loved the people there. I loved who I worked with. I loved, I loved working with the families. There were times when I got to help out with the families and that meant a lot to me. And so I don't want you to think, ew, she hated her job and she's totally dissing this funeral. I'm not at all. They're still, they're really, really good people. But for me, as an empath, it was just not healthy. And so I knew that I had to make a change. And while I was thinking about, you know, what do I want to do? What do I, obviously humans, obviously people are my thing. In the meantime, I had acquired a horse and then I acquired another horse and then I acquired another. <laughs> and another. <laughs> it became an obsession, it sounds like. Yeah, it's sort of like, um, you know, how the, the potato chip commercial, you can't have just one. They're herd animals. They have to have, they have to have we their need friends. You need friends. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and actually it was, you know, I got one and then my, my 
middle daughter got one and then my younger daughter got one and then my younger daughter got into barrel racing. So we needed another one. And so we ended up with four. And, and so, um, I knew I wanted to do something connecting people with horses and and we can get into that because the whole energy thing there is, we could probably do like 14 podcasts on that. (laughs) Well, (laughs) it's interesting. I mean, the energy is so different, right? So you went from like, uh, death energy to yeah. a different type of energy. And yeah, I have a lot of questions about like the energy of horses. Yeah. Um, and, and, but when it comes to like the energy that you were around in the funeral home, when you told me that you were an empath, I don't, I mean, I, anyone who saw this on video probably saw my face and I was just like, <laughs> Oh shoot. Like yeah. that's no good. Yeah. So, <laughs> so good to be in that that industry, you know, so that, that would be tough. And I am not an empath so much. So, um, I understand it from other people, but I don't, I I would not consider myself an empath. My boyfriend, I would say has a lot of those capabilities and, um, and I think it's a gift. I mean, it can be a gift and a curse, you know, yes. sometimes I tell him though, I'm like, man, you're, you're just such an impact. You cannot take that on my brother. Same way. He's yeah. a huge impact. And I'm like, man, you just can't take that on. I'm pretty sure my mom was as yeah. well. Yeah. Uh, and it, so I see kind of like how it can take a toll on somebody or on somebody's energy level or on somebody's day. Uh, but it can also have the opposite effect. And I think that maybe that's where uh, it kind of have it, you have this bridge, right? right. So if you're yeah. an empath yeah, and you're kind of in this like dark industry, um, although very necessary mm-hmm. industry. And I do have, I want to just, just say this real quick because you know, it might be a dark industry and it is like death is like, not like something that everyone wants to like talk about and, you know, but it's a serious topic. And the funeral home that you work for, surprisingly enough, we found this out later on after we knew each other, but was also the same funeral home that we went through when my mom died. Right. Yeah. And it was a beautiful experience. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot to be said about that industry and how to like handle kind of those situations. But you have like this bridge of going from over here, from being an empath and taking on all that like really sad energy to now bridging to your business that you started, which is called Dream Catchers. And so tell us what Dream Catchers does. So Dreamcatchers is a mentoring um, slash emotional support organization using our horses as the catalyst, working with youth primarily. I mean, we I don't I don't turn anybody away. So if an adult comes to me and says, I really like what you do, can I can I can I participate in some way? Yeah, absolutely. But our primary focus is kids and um, horses being what they are. We usually end up with girls and starting when they're about seven, you know, that's when like little, little girls have their little ponies and, you know, they, they have a lot of fun and they really enjoy horses, but they hit about seven and they're like, Oh, horses are life. And a lot of girls go through that until they're like 15 and then boys. Um, but a lot of girls stick with it too. And so our, our target, I guess, is those girls from seven to like 14 or 15. And interestingly enough, that age of girls are the ones who need 
and seek out a lot of emotional support, whether it's, you know, good or bad in the ways they seek it out. And one thing that that at Dreamcatchers we really try to do is we try to bring that positive energy in and that positivity into what we do. Um, you'll see a lot of times we aren't necessarily a riding program. I do teach kids to ride, but that's not what our focus is. Like you can come out and and I always tell the kids, tell me what you want to do today. And a lot of times we just like take the horses for a walk. We'll go out in the field and hang out and we'll talk and have a good time. But like if the kids are riding and they're starting to get tense or whatever, you'll see me say, okay, stop, breathe in through your nose, out through your mouth, move your eyebrows, relax your shoulders. You know, we do this whole dance pull the tongue out of the top of your mouth and they'll look at me like, what do you mean? And so we go, you know, stick your tongue out just, and and we'll get kind of silly to relax and to bring that positivity back. And horses are really interesting in, they are, I mean, everybody who knows dogs knows how empathic dogs are, right? Horses are multitudes more empathic than dogs are. And and they feel what you're feeling. You're angry, they're going to react. You're sad, they're going to react. You're happy, they're going to react. So when we go through the whole, you know, stick your tongue out, wiggle your eyebrows, wiggle your shoulders kind of dance thing, a lot of times the horse will go, <sighs> or oh. blow their, um, people who've been around horses, you know, that I, I don't want to do it because it's kind of dumb, but it's like blowing a raspberry kind of thing. They'll blow mm-hmm. through their nose or they'll blow through their mouth and with their lips and they relax. And so you see this huge relaxation. And so as the person releases their energy, their energy or their, their pent up energy, I guess. Yeah, so yeah. does the horse. So as the person relaxes, the horse relaxes because yep, the they relaxes. feel that too. Yep. Why is it that horses are, I mean, horses are known for this. Yes, you know, absolutely. For kind of healing, this empathy. Yep. Why is it that horses are like a more empathetic creature than say a dog or a cat or other animals? Yeah. So if you go into the science of it and there's, there's tons of like really well published and well researched studies that if you go into the science of it, um, horses and humans. Okay. So like everybody knows there's like electromagnetic waves all throughout. We all are energetic beings, right? Um, Horses and humans operate on that same energetic field. And so whatever we're putting out, they are receiving or what they're putting out, we're receiving. So we, they, they bond with us and, Mm -hmm. you know, you, you might not even know that the little kids, the little, you know, seven, eight year olds, I don't go into the whole we're feeling their energy kind of thing. Although I do talk about, you know, if you're scared and nervous, they're going to notice you being scared and nervous, then they're going to act scared and nervous because horses are prey animals. And so if you're like, Ooh, what's going on? They're thinking, Oh, there's, there's a wolf, you know, there's a bear there, there's a mountain lion. Mm -hmm. Um, So you, you really bring the, that you bring them their energy and they bring you their energy. Right. So the one, the one time that I have like an experience with a horse, like, and I know very little, but I know that much, right. I just like, I know that, that my energy is reflected into theirs. If I'm scared, they're scared. Right. And I was scared because I have not ever been around a horse. I've never ridden a horse. I've never even touched a horse until like, I I guess this was probably like a year ago or two years ago. And I, um, for my boyfriend's birthday, I was like, it would be great to take a sunset ride on the beach in Amelia (laughs) Island. 
And I, it sounded like this really great romantic thing to do <laughs> and this really great gift. And I knew he would love it and he did, but I don't know that I enjoyed it so much because I was so scared. Once I got there, first of all, like the unknown for mm-hmm. me was just that and the unknown. And then when I got there, I was like, oh, these are really big animals. Like, I don't think if you, I don't know. For me, I did not realize how big they were. And so I actually ended up getting the smallest horse. (laughs) Her name was Gracie and she was so sweet. But all I could think about the whole time was take Amy, take deep breaths. Like you're nervous. This horse is like going to buck you off. Like this horse is going to, or this horse is going to take off. And it kind of, once we got to the beach a little bit, like it kind of galloped for a whole maybe two seconds, but it was enough for me to like my heart to drop and be really nervous. And I kept thinking to myself, like, Amy, you cannot be nervous. These, these horses feel it. And then the storm came in and I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to freak out the the horses. So then I was freaked out. So Mm -hmm. all of that said, my one experience with horses, how, like how much of that is true? What I was thinking and like, what advice do you have? Like for people to just really get the benefits of the healing pieces that that horses provide. So, so what you were feeling, it really is true. You know, they, that horse was probably really reading your nervousness. I'm not going to say that she galloped or, you know, she had a faster gait because you were nervous. She was probably super excited to be on the beach. Mm -hmm. Um, Horses, horses love the beach as much as we do. For the most part, I have one of them that looks at the water like, ooh, alligators. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there are no alligators. Yeah, no thanks. Um, but um, so, yeah, I mean, she probably was feeling some of that nervousness from you. What I do when, because of, because of my ability to sense what people are feeling, if you were to come to me and, you know, you were super excited for your ride, which that, that's what people want to do with horses, right? They're super excited for their ride. But we would spend a lot of time, at least half the session, if not the whole session, just kind of hanging out with the horse, mm-hmm. you know, brushing them getting to know them hands-on. That hands-on energy is huge. Um, my my old standby faithful horse, Joe, is his name. Um, if you look at my website or you look at my Facebook page, you're going to see a black and white horse. He featured throughout almost everything. Um, he is, he gives hugs, you know, and, and he really senses people. So we do a lot of that, you know, I'll tell the kids, give him a hug. Even if they are riding that day, when we're done, I'll say, give him a hug, hug around his neck. Um, you know, and, and people who are, are, um, traditional horsemen who use, um, horses as a tool or whatever, will tell you, Oh my God, don't let him in your space. But that's not how I operate. You know, it's, it's all about, there's no personal space. I hug my horses all the time and they hug back. They put their heads over or they, you know, they'll, they're just, they're super touchy. It's not necessarily a good thing when, you know, my, my two young horses can be kind of lippy. Like they, they like to give kisses and it kind of freaks people out. Oh my God, it's going to bite me. Well, no, she's trying to give you a kiss. I taught her that. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So if, if you came to me and I was just sitting here thinking, man, Amy, the next time you come back to Nebraska, we really need to go spend some time (laughs) with the horses because I, I want to help you get over that fear. I mean, yeah, they are huge. Uh, Joe is Joe is my smallest horse right now, and he's 800 pounds. 
So Whoa. yeah, he's they're they're big animals, but just like we just like we do with people, give them respect, mm. and they're gonna give that back to you. Give them, give them your whole heart. Let them know. I mean, you can walk in there and you can be scared to death, but we're gonna spend time being calm. We're going to spend time, you know, like I I was saying just a little bit ago, breathing through it, we're doing our deep breathing exercises, and then just learning, you know, learning what he likes as far as being brushed. He knows where I keep candy canes and he'll like, (laughs) you know, point at me. Can I have a candy cane? (laughs) That white bucket over there. If I had thumbs, I would open it. So uh, that's what we would do. And that's what I do a lot of times with the kids and especially their first sessions. We do not ride on their first session. I don't put them on the horse at all on their first session. We just get to know each other Mm -hmm. and we get to know, we let, let Joe or whichever horse I decide to use be part of that mix in getting to know each other. I like the parents to be there, to be active in the first couple of sessions just so they can kind of see what's going on with their kids you know I think there's a good lesson there too uh, or a little bit of a parallel between like horses and and just like relationships in general right you don't just go into a relationship and then start like almost like using someone for the fun or using someone for the gifts that they have and you just suck their energy right (laughs) Right. you get to know them (laughs) you talk to them so I really think that that there is a really nice parallel there there and that like makes a lot of sense um of course for my ride that was not the the case, but that's not really the intention of, of that business of their business, right? Right, it's, exactly. It's and so, but I, but it is something that uh, JC, that my boyfriend mentioned after the fact. He was like, "I'm actually really surprised that like we just got there and like got up on the horses like that, and we were out." And I was like, "Yeah, me too." <laughs> I don't know if I really was because I had no expectations, but I was like, "Yeah, babe, me too." Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think that there's a really nice like parallel there. What are like some of the things that people that like horses are known or that people come to you for like healing? Like I, there's just so many great stories out there, of, you know, people struggling with something and the horses kind of like help them through that quest right. of their life. Like, yeah. so what are, what are some of the things that you've seen or that you've helped people through? You know, I have, I have one girl who she just has really, really struggled with school in a lot of ways. Academically, she struggled. She struggled with friendships. She struggled with confidence, courage to an extent. And, and I don't want to, I, I worked for Girl Scouts for a while. So confidence, courage are, are Girl Scout like language taglines or whatever. And I don't want to steal that from them. But I, <laughs> well, they're feelings, so that's okay. <laughs> they're um, universal words. You can take Yeah. It. Yeah. So this girl came, um, she came for about a year or so and she'll be back. She'll be back in the spring, I think. But I, I saw her go from a, a nine-year-old who wouldn't even make eye contact with mm-hmm. me. And she would, um, her her, a real close family friend would bring her and she would always tell this friend, you know, I don't want to ride today, or I just want to love Joe today or, you know, whatever. And she wouldn't talk to me at all. Right. And over the time, it it got to the point where 
I would tease her. Oh, you must've drank a gallon of confidence juice before you came today because she would get out of the truck and she would walk up to me and she'd be like, I'm riding today, or let's just give Joe a bath today or whatever. And she would go from this, this quiet little, you know, um, wouldn't, she'd be on the horse, but she wouldn't give him any commands. And, and Joe's the kind of a horse, if you don't tell him what you want him to do, he's going to wander around and find things to do. He's be like, Oh, hey, <laughs> over there. I think I'll go eat the hay because this kid isn't using any of her skills to tell me what to do. So she went from this fairly speaking person to getting tremendously good grades in school, to making new friends, to standing up for herself when she was getting picked on by friends in the neighborhood or friends at school or, or you know, and, and I, I hate that kids call each other friends when they're bullies, but that's part of what we work on too, is like, you don't have to be friends with everybody. You know, if, if somebody's being mean to you, stand up to them, tell them you can't do that and walk away. And so, the, so to see her go from that to this, you know, hopping out of the truck, this is what we're going to do. Hey, Jody, you know, to, um, it, the pandemic's driving me crazy because I'm a very like huggy high fives. The kids will run up and hug me and I'm like, we're not supposed to do this right now, <laughs> but you know, I, and I'll still like the, the arm around the shoulder. Okay. We're not, yeah. really kind of thing. <laughs> it's, it's huge to see that. Um, another girl that I have, um, same thing. She started out pretty quiet, pretty laid back, pretty reserved. She had just turned 12 when she started coming to see us. She's, um, turned 14 the other day and she has gone from again, just like barely talking to she now rides my daughter's barrel horse. And um, people who know horses at all, a barrel horse is probably one of the strongest, fastest non-draft related horses you're going to get. And she's got total control over this horse because her confidence went from the basement to the ceiling. Mm. And I don't know. I just, I, I, that's, that to me is like, yes, we're winning. And I can tell, you know, I mean, we've, we've had 60 kids through the program and I can tell you 60 stories of successes or 60 stories of, I'm not quite there yet, but we'll get there. You know? Yeah. Um, Do you have any kids or youth uh, that have come through with any sort of disability? I, I don't focus specifically on disabilities. There are, there are a lot of other really, really good agencies in town who are specifically geared for those. Mm -hmm. I do have some though, who will come to me. Um, the parents will come to me and they'll just say, you know, yeah, my kid has a diagnosis, but everything we do in their life focuses on this diagnosis. I know that the horses can help but I don't want this to be about their diagnosis. So if I know what it is, like if I know that the kid has ADHD or I know that the kid has um, a physical need of some sort, I will gear what we're doing towards those diagnoses, towards those abilities or, or dis disabilities. I don't, I'm not super fond of the word disabilities. Yeah, I'm not either actually. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, we all, we all have things, right? That's right. Um, 
anxiety, depression, whatever. And so I'll kind of focus on those things, but I don't ever bring it up. I'm not ever like, okay, because you have, you know, um, Duchenne's dystrophy or whatever, we're going to do this today. If, If they're looking for something like that, I will gladly refer them out to those other agencies that are specifically geared that way. I intentionally did not set dream catchers up that way. One, because we don't need a ninth or 10th agency that does something like that. And two, because I don't want to limit myself to that. I want to be there for the kid who super loves horses, but their family can't afford it. That, mm-hmm. That's my whole purpose in starting was there. I was a 4-H leader and I, you know we would have people come through at the fair and they'd be like, oh my gosh, we want a horse, but they're so expensive or you know, they're so, they take so much time and we live in the city and, you know, um, the, the city frowns on you putting horses in your backyard, just in case mm-hmm. you didn't know that. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so that's, that's kind of where we came from in the first place was like, I know the benefits. I know that there's all these kids out there that want that. So I don't want to have to have a specific diagnosis. Got it. My release asks for that information just so that I know, mm-hmm. but not specifically. Yeah. Okay. Understood. And, uh, and you make, you know, you, it sounds like you make, uh, everyone feel like very, it's a very inclusive environment. You know, I like that you said, you know, we don't focus on like, Hey, because you have X, Y, Z, we're going to do it this way or whatever. So I love that. If horses could talk, (laughs) (laughs) what, you know, you started on this whole thing, uh, just talking about like positivity, right. And bringing positivity. So if horses could talk, what advice would they give humans on how to be more positive? What do you think that they would say? Wow. Uh, I, I, you know, they, they don't worry about all the junk. And I think that they would probably say that to humans. Don't worry about all the garbage. You know, I mean, we've been in probably the most stressful year that any of us can remember for a long, long time, right? We have a pandemic, we have, and I don't care if you're blue or red, crazy, chaotic, political stuff going on, people being at each other's throats all the time. And I think horses would just tell you, calm down, calm down. Because when (laughs) all of this is going on, Mm -hmm. you, you make me nervous. And horses don't, you know, they don't know that there's a pandemic and they don't know that there's all this strife in the world. All they want to do is have somebody love them, be with their friends. You know, horses are are herd animals. They need to be together and they bring that same energy to people. They're, they Horses, people become part of their herd. You know, you talk about, well, I own horses. Yeah, you're kind of part of their herd. They They don't know you own them. They so just know that you connect, just, that there's a connection that there. There's a connection guys- there. Yeah. yeah. So and get rid of the junk, right? Yeah, get, get rid, rid of the junk. junk. Don't, don't like, bring that here. Don't bring that yes. energy here. Let's just go hang out. Let me give you a big old horsey head hug. And- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I think that's advice that uh, maybe we could all take. So, uh, okay. So now I have a two-part question for you. Uh, so everyone gets asked the same question. Okay. If you had seven more days left to live, what would you do? Oh, I would, I would spend it with the people that I love. I would make sure that, um, I would, I would make sure that people know that they're going to be okay. You know, 
that they know that I will always be there. I tease my kids, you know, even when I'm gone, you guys aren't going to get rid of me because I'm going to haunt you. (laughs) (laughs) But I I think that I would definitely, you know, make sure that, that not we haunt people, but (laughs) that my energy stays with you and that you know how important you are to me. I would spend a time, I would spend probably a big chunk of my time at the barn. I don't know what, I can't, you know, people say, what's going to happen when your horses leave you? What's going to happen when I leave my horses? That answer was like spoken like a true empath. (laughs) 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 So that's wonderful. Okay. The second part of the question is, Uh, If you only had seven more days left to live, but you were in a state where you couldn't walk and you basically just had to lay in a hospital bed and die, Mm -hmm. what do you want your last bit of advice to be? Love each other. Let go of all the junk. Very similar to the horses. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yes. Definitely. So wonderful. I mean, thank you so much for being here and for chatting with us. I think um, horses just encompass such a beautiful thing that there's so much to learn from, from them, animals in general, but specifically horses. So thanks for sharing your story and for sharing a little bit about dream catchers. Where do you, where can like people find you if they want to connect with you? We have a website dreamcatchersride.org but more of my information just because it's so dynamic um if you want to see pictures of the horses and the kids and that kind of thing it's on our facebook page dreamcatchers ride so yeah check us out on facebook and i try to post it's a little weird in winter we don't get as many fun posts of the kids and the horses doing things but all summer long spring and summer and fall uh you're going to see tons and tons of pictures of the kids and the horses doing things and and sometimes me doing things with them although I'm usually the one taking the pictures I try to stay out of them <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> so that, those are those are um the best places to find us and I'm on Instagram too but my Instagram and my Facebook page follow each other pretty closely so Okay. Awesome. And we'll put all the links uh, to the sh- in the show notes as well. So thank you so much. And anyone who's in the Nebraska area, look up Jody and Dreamcatchers and you'll be sure to grab some good mojo, some positive energy from Jody. Yeah. Thank you yep. so much. I- Amy Dix here. Thank you so much for listening to Unlocking Happiness. If you'd like to learn more about what we do, visit choose-happy.me. And if you want to be a future guest, click on the podcast tab to learn more. If you got something out of the show, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on social. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag unlocking happiness with Amy Dix. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs ups, ratings, reviews, they all go a really long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, choose-happy.me or join our Facebook group called The Happiest Group on Facebook. Thanks for listening. This is Amy Dix and we'll see you next time.